Welcome to the Mindful News Podcast, and as always, I'm your host, Guy. And today we're speaking with Ian Davis, the creator of the My Daily Vibe Journal and a Clubhouse host for the Mindful Creative, which basically cultivates presence and reduces stress and has about 29,000 followers on Clubhouse. And the Mindful Creative group has over 273,000 members. Ian speaks with luminaries on how taking and cultivating a mindful approach to their day impacts their lives and creativity. It was actually on one of these Clubhouse sessions that I first met Ian and I was fortunate enough to speak and share my thoughts with the group. And so if you're not familiar with what Clubhouse is, Ian on this episode helps to break it down and how he got involved and also how helping a friend's business led him down a path of meditation and mindfulness. Ian's on Clubhouse every Monday and Wednesday. They offer a a mindful Monday and a midweek reset, which is about 20 to 30 minutes of mindfulness exercises. Um, And also on Tuesday evenings, they chat with luminaries, creative luminaries, on how taking and cultivating a mindful approach to their day impacts both their lives and creativity. Um, And very quickly, the Mindful Creative is a practical wellness community of Creative Vibes Only, CVO, offering mindful moments, tangible tools, strategy and resources for the creative community to cultivate presence, reduce stress, reset, tap in, and be your highest and best self. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ian and I hope you do too. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. And we'd like to hear your feedback and we're always um, open to ideas on guests and ideas for future episodes. Enjoy. Yeah, thank you for having me. Clubhouse is uh, an amazing place. I'm grateful that we uh, were able to connect there um, and, and that this worked out to, to, to sit here and chat with you and be a part of uh, some of the amazing stuff that you're doing. Yeah, well, I think even for me, Steele, uh, if someone would ask me to define Clubhouse, I may struggle to do so. But, you know, how, how would you describe Clubhouse? And it's not this, this small little, you know, if I, you personally, I believe, about 29,000 followers on Clubhouse, but the mindful creative. <laughs> Yeah, but the mind, yeah, so 29,000. Can you imagine a stadium full of 29,000 people, right? And you have Ian at the front just kind of, you know, doing his thing. (laughs) It's pretty insane, right? And then the Mindful Creative, which, which, you know, you are one of the founders of, 273,000 members. So imagine a stadium with 273. But the point being that this is not a, this is actually a phenomenon that this Clubhouse platform. So I think, just to kick things off, I think it might just be interesting to share a little bit about how did your, you know, journey to to this this clubhouse group begin? Yeah. Um, so clubhouse is interesting. Um, you know, I like to think that for a while, just in my sort of adult matriculation, just the things that I've done in my career uh, as a professional, um, I've always been a part of. Um, you know, a group of, of uh, tastemakers is such an interesting marketing buzzword, but tastemakers, um, people that, you know, drive and impact uh, not only subculture, but global culture um, and, you know, the creative community. Um, so I just felt like I've been a part of communities that were in the know um, of just different things happening in different respects around the world. Um, obviously the pandemic, um, came and uh, I had, you know, just being a part of some of those communities, I had heard of Clubhouse. 
Um, and I kind of was looking at it from what I had heard um, at the time. It was, you know, a couple of hundred, maybe a couple thousand users. Um, so I was looking at it as like, you know, the Soho house of apps, um, them kind of keeping it exclusive. I didn't imagine that it would grow and scale to what it is now yeah. um, being a public platform. But um, just because of the people that I know were on there, some of the conversations just saw this level of exclusivity. Um, and so I just kind of thought, you know, at some point I'll get on Clubhouse. Didn't really know too much more about it uh, than that. And then in August of 2020, uh, my, my manager who's, you know, was then, he wasn't my manager then. Um, he's been my friend for years. He calls me and, um, you know, during the, we're all in the pandemic, doing our best to figure stuff out. He calls me and he's like, why you heard of Clubhouse? I was like, yeah. It's like, why aren't you on there? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just figure I get on there whenever I get on there. I know about it. It just wasn't really thirsty to be on there, but I'll figure it out. And so he, you know, puts a battery in my back and says, well, you should be on there doing all the wellness and mindfulness stuff that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, because then at the time I was, I was still, I was actually at the end of my, my mindfulness teacher training program. So he puts that battery in my back, get off the phone. He was like, I'm going to invite you. And at the time you had to know somebody and right. they invited you. So the community just grew. And so I think it might've been around 5,000 users, still very, you know, unique, um, still, you know, had a level of exclusivity to it. It was really, really dope as the platform launched, uh, really beautiful space. It felt like, you know, the pandemic, as we know now in year three now, right? Those those first two years or going into year three now, those first few months, you know, not seeing people, it just felt it's, things were different. In the world, I don't think, has experienced uh, what we've all experienced in the pandemic. So going on Clubhouse and going in the hallways and seeing friends and old people that you work with, whatever, it was kind of like a reunion. Um, and so, as I mentioned, he was like, oh, you should be on there doing your mindfulness stuff. And so one of my, my good friends, and he's also a mentor, and he's an advisor to my company, he was also on there. A few other people I know, I just, it was like a reunion, a bunch of people on there. Uh, hopped on a group text, and it's like, hey, Brandon said I should be doing X, Y, and Z. This is what I think I'm going to do. Um, and and I, for me, when I get those, like, sort of charges and batteries in my back and and you know, people come to me with different things or speak different things into me or over my life. I, I take those things serious, but I, I have like zero chill. So I'm, I'm a zero to a hundred person. Wow. Yeah. And so I can't really like halfway do something. And I always like make it into a thing that's even just like, you know, evident to my business as well too. Cause I just like, I got an LL, I, you know, I got an escort, but I like said to myself, I need to like structure this thing and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, <laughs> then that just, I you know started offering practices on there and um at the same time he then later sent me just being in different rooms they send you you're in the room with the founders and stuff and they you know you go to the town hall on sundays and they're like hey you can fill out this form and create your own club and so i had to think about what my intention was as far as going through my teacher training program also understanding that i needed um it, you know it's a 200 hour program so there's a certain amount of teaching hours that you have to have uh, to get your certification. And so I just was using it for that, to be honest. Um, as I mentioned, I, I kind of went from zero to 100 and I had to look at why I got cert, why I was getting certified, 
the demographic of people that I wanted to serve on the platform, but mm -hmm. at large as well as a, as a mindfulness meditation teacher. And that is the creative community. And so in thinking about what it was, I put together a short little description because you had to do that to create the club and you had to create a club made. And what stuck out most for me was the mindful creative. I was super, super inspired by, uh, I, I played sports all my life. So I'm super, super inspired by all the work that George Mumford has done. And, you know, just even how he came up with the name of his book, The Mindful Athlete. And so then the Mindful Creative, you know, got started. And I said, hey, once a week, I'm going to do something. And uh, it really kind of, it just organically has happened. Uh, I, I, and then it came to like twice a week uh, based off of like the hours I needed to have in order to finish my certifications. I was like, hey, I need to accumulate X amount of hours. And I was doing stuff off Clubhouse too. So I started Mindful Mondays, which we do every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern um, on Clubhouse. And then we have Midweek Reset, um, 9.05 a.m. Pacific, 12.05 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. So just offering, you know, short, brief mindful moments to come and learn about the practice together as a sangha, as a community of creatives uh, to practice together formally uh, and exploring different different mindful modalities. So that's, that's more on the mindful creative. I started it there and didn't, had no intentions on what it is now. Uh, however, I'm grateful for all of the growth, all the people that have been in the club, all the people that have come on stage. You know, we've, we've yeah. had your favorite creative in there. We've had your, you know, one of the most notable DJs in the world during it, like D Nice. You know, we've had so many people come into the community. So that are, that are a part of the community on Clubhouse. So that's how it started. And now it's growing beyond Clubhouse, which is a bunch of other things that I'm working on and doing. So. No, that was long, but that's that's more. No, 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 but what's what really stands out is the the creative element to it, you know, and some of the you know, been to your website, some of the stiff the stuff that you support, and this element of creativity really stands out. So you know, what what drove that side of it, you know, taking the mindfulness and this this creative aspect of it, and as a part B to the question is like, then how did you personally get into mindfulness? Yeah, well, the creative, uh, the creative as, yeah, the creative aspect. That's to be honest, that's 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 who I serve. That's who I work with. I, I serve and work with the creative community, artists, creative, creative entrepreneurs. Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. People in entertainment. So, for me, you know, to to answer part B too. What started my mindfulness journey was years ago, being at an interesting place in my life and a good friend coming over and essentially introducing me to meditation as just a way, you know, she was actually selling tea and I wanted to sort of support her business and said, Hey, come. I was like, I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to support your business. I want to buy whatever you're doing. She was like, okay, cool. I'll come to your house, drop it off. And I'm just assuming it's going to be super transactional. She comes to my house and we went to college together. So we catch up for a bit. And she gives me the tea and she serves me the tea and she has this whole thing. And this is you know, 2012. So this is before the wellness industry has had its boom. And she serves, she makes the tea, shows me how to you do it. It's all loose leaf teas. And then she has like this whole thing. <laughs> it's like a 21 days of habitual health and wellness or something like that that she was calling. And I can't remember what it was called. And as a part of the, the offering, you know, she introduced me to meditation, essentially taught me how to meditate at a very, very basic level. 
And uh, then from there, I had actually went on sabbatical, a very brief sabbatical uh, to Europe. Um, and during that time, I was just disconnected from everything and, you know, chose to few different activities I was doing, painting every day, just being in solitude, but meditation was one of them. So that's how I started my practice. Um, but yeah, the, the creative part of it. Was really it a mindfulness meditation specifically? Or when you say meditation? It wasn't. Should, yeah, what was it was just meditation. It wasn't, I didn't know about mindfulness. It was just meditation. I was just sitting, you know, in silence. I didn't have any, there wasn't, I don't even think there was apps at the time, I, there might've been apps because I had a Palm, I had a Palm, a Palm Pretty. So there's definitely apps because iPhones were on that. I didn't have an iPhone or I had an Android or something. So I, I didn't have any- What was the exercise to like, when you say meditation, were you in a way of like noticing a distraction and then, say, and then bringing it back to something, to an anchor? Or was it just relaxing and enjoying the moment and being present there? How would you describe- enjoying the moment. Yeah. It was yeah. relaxing and enjoying the moment and it was using my breath as an anchor. That was the basic okay, yeah, foundation yeah. of it, right? And and you can either call that mindfulness, you can call it vipassana if you want to, you know, specifically concentrate on your breath. So I would probably say from what I know now, I was just, you know, kind of using mindfulness, but it was probably more concentrated around vipassana just because my breath was my anchor and I was following that and letting that yeah. that guide me. And that's what I was focused on. If but, my, but, but if yeah, I think they wander back, I would come back to just come back to the okay. breath, right? Yeah. So, you know, from a creative perspective, I, I got into it as a teacher, as a facilitator, because I'm a creative consultant. I work with artists, I work with creatives, I help them grow the business, their creativity. I align them and integrate them into the work that I do with different brands and companies. And so, as a part of my company's resource platform, we have a workshop series that we do. And I started the wellness track and I thought that it was important. I had success in the track and, and what I was doing in the wellness track. And I just was looking at, you know, down the road, I actually wasn't present. I was future thinking. <laughs> and I said to, I, you know, just getting different feedback. I'd said to myself, if, if I'm going to do more stuff in this space, wellness space, I, I feel that I should be qualified because I'm dealing with people's well-being. I'm dealing with their mind. And I think that that is very yeah. delicate. And when you deal with somebody's wellness and well-being and their health, that, that's delicate. I think that qualified people should be doing that. And so I wanted to do it as a facilitator from a creative perspective and help creatives integrate mindfulness practices or elevate if they don't have, if, if they don't have it practices, integrate practices into their day-to-day lives and their yeah, creativity yeah. to be a better creative, to be more mindful. And if they do have practices, what does it look like to have other tools, other resources to elevate that. Uh, so that's how I got started. That's the sort of creative element of it. And also how I got started, not only in my personal journey as a practitioner, but then also as a teacher as well. Nice. But what's interesting, there's a lot of science coming out at the moment about how mindfulness practice, a sustained mindfulness practice can help with creativity and productivity. And I think a lot of times as an artist, it could be an issue of, you know, that inertia or your, you know, the, just need that spark, you know, as a writer, you might have that block or you might have that just bored and getting, getting fed up of it, but the idea to be productive and to, so they say that when, if my aim was to do, you know, I'm a writer and I want to get, you know, a thousand words done and I need to get like a first introduction or something, and that's my goal. But then once you sit down to it, very quickly the distractions are going to come in of procrastination and and you know your other to-do lists and all of a sudden there's so many other things that 
pop up and try and take take place and it's well what if rather than blindly following those distractions every time they arise what if you can as the awareness to it when a thought arises it's like ah, i see you good okay you that's a that's a to-do list but right now i'm going to go back and i'm going to resume focus on what i'm doing and then very quickly another distraction comes in it's like yep i will deal with you after but for right now i've chosen to spend this next half an hour doing just this so but to, to constantly be in a position where you can observe with the kindness they keep saying the kindness and then bring it back and say but right now i want to do this and so all day long we get those challenges and that's why the it's the importance of doing your 10 15 minutes of like your wax on wax off or your kata or your forms in the morning because a lot of people think well that's the benefit you do that for 20 minutes and that radiates through the rest of your day without realizing that it's almost like you're doing your your stance and your moves and your repetition so that throughout the day when you are going to constantly get get thoughts that arise in those moments you don't have to be that zombie and blindly follow them it's like oh wow i didn't realize that within every thought or every option thought that arises there's choice do I just go with it blindly like I have been doing all of my life and those paths that I've etched in over and over again or in those moments can I realize that ah, there's actually choice now I can actually go back to what it is that I was doing and then so you can understand well if you if you have that skill then yeah the you allow those creative juices to flow you know when you actually you know have one you know you, you actually allow that space to just dwell on something you know, to brainstorm around a certain thing. And then as the destructions comes in, you can almost like with blinders, you gently kind of, you know, acknowledge them, but go back to what you're trying to solve. You can see how not only are you going to be way more creative and productive, right? So if we looked at it like a, a half an hour span, what percentage are most people actually productive and in the moment versus just like being quickly distracted by a phone or Instagram or another thought? It's like, oh, wow, so productivity you know, there's actually science to show that it increases that significantly. But when you're more productive and you're more creative, you you access quicker these states, what they call flow as well, where it's like, okay, so you ignore that thought, you've, you know, you've seen that thought and you observe and you let it go and you let it go. Then all of a sudden you get into this state of a flow. Just like when you're reading a good book or a movie that at first is like, oh, you know, you get into it, but then there comes a moment where you're just in the, in the book or in the movie most of the time when you've got a good book or a good movie or a conversation yeah or or whatever the insert whatever you want but you know when you're in those states of flow and even when you're playing sport when things are just going really well and you're on you know they call it you're on fire you can't yeah, i it. like to think about yeah yeah i like to think about mindfulness as like as you say that i like to think about it as flow mm -hmm. mindfulness is flow it is a present moment awareness for sure but you're, but you're flowing from moment to moment you're not pushing, you're not pulling, you're just flowing. And yeah. when you can get to those places, right, when you can, there's different states that you can reach in, in practicing and being a practitioner, right? Um, and as you mentioned, a lot of it, the scientific benefits come with, we can either call it repetition, you can call it practice, you can call it consistency. Mm -hmm. So yes, right, you might come out of, if you've never done, had done a mindfulness meditation practice or practice mindfulness, not in a meditative uh, respect, 
but just mindful there's a you know myriad of mindful activities if you've never done that yeah you only do it once yes you might have a state of mind that you transcend to after doing it that one time mm-hmm. but with repetition with practice with consistency you know there's a minimum of you know with a minimum of certain amount of hours of practice you'll start to see lasting or or create lasting change and lasting transformation Um, you know these guys that wrote this amazing book talk about specifically with like the practice of metta and compassion Mm. with as little as seven you know to eight hours of practice in metta or loving kindness the loving kindness one yeah yeah right you can you can start to see you can move you can move in your life with a more open heart um seven to eight hours of metta and compassion practice so i think i think you know mindfulness part of mindfulness is flow it's it's that present moment awareness and you're just flowing from moment yeah. to moment and you're not pushing it you're not pushing anything away you're not pulling anything towards you you're, you're letting it come to you and like you said you're just noticing it like clouds passing in the sky and if you you know if you get if you get downloads a lot of downloads right a bunch of things are just flying in and out that's okay you might even take a moment to write those things down right and just be like oh okay let me come back to that if you if you have a short attention span if you if you have a a if you think that you're going to forget things quickly right you could just pause and be like okay write this down or right if you want to train your mind to become sharper to become stronger right you yeah. can just note that and let it pass because it'll ultimately come back to you at some point so i, yeah. I think my it's everything you're saying i, I I like to think of mindfulness as flow. If we talk specifically about creativity, yeah. I personally think I look at how it's impacted my life. And part of me wanting to get qualified to do that is to be able to help the creative community in addition to the work that I was already doing yeah. with their strategy and branding stuff and all the things creatives need to, to grow. Just adding this in, what does it look like to start your next project be right your next album your next body of work or if you're getting ready to go on tour or whatever the case may be what does it look like to to be more present and also be intentional around it i think mindfulness is also intention you you have to be intentional to be mindful i believe Um, so indeed and so this kind of this routine that you're talking about is that is that what inspired the the journal you know, because you've, um, there's, a, there's a diary, if you could like share a bit. Actually, it's blurred, it's, out. It's blurred out. Yeah. What did it say? So, yeah. So my day. So weird. I don't, maybe, maybe I have to turn this thing off. It with, does a good um, job of blurring out though. Whatever you do, it, it catches it. Yeah. It my daily my, vibe. My daily vibe. It's so weird. Like, why is it? Oh, there we go. Okay. There you, we go. You got it. You found the angle. <laughs> I gotta cover my face. So a 365 day journal for creatives to be their their highest and best self. So yeah, so can you, because for me, I've heard a lot about the, the, um, the, the significance and the help that a journal can bring, you know, both by keeping check. And there's lots of talk about similar form, like a mindful journal. So what, what, what was it that inspired that idea and what's the reaction been? you know, since, since the release of that, you know, it's funny. I was, somebody last week, randomly, I go on TikTok and 
they made like a commercial of this thing and it's somebody that's been in the mindful creative on clubhouse we i don't think okay. we've ever met in person yeah. we've done some some business and some work together mm-hmm. and the reaction and the reception has been great i've i've wanted to do you know i wanted to do kind of like a journal or it started out as like oh, like skin of sorts right like this oh, sort nice, of thing. Nice, yeah. and it was very very basic a friend of mine she had we were working together years ago and she had had this small little version of, of her own thing and had her you know she had it embossed on the cover with her thing and every day it was just blank pages every day it had a different quote i was like oh that's cool and initially that was like i want to do something like that at some point and through my journey just growing into not only understanding what my gifts are what I want to offer to the world, one, and two, and what I want to offer, a lot of that making sure, like, I don't want to drive consumerism. I don't want to create things that are meaningless or that will fade. And so that idea kind of came back to me. I was looking at the market and just kind of doing my own sort of competitive landscape or market research, if you will. And I was inspired by something I think I saw on Instagram. I was like, oh man, it'd be dope to like have a journal for creatives that they can use. That's not January to December. You can buy it any time and use it for a year, whenever you buy it and give them the tools. Cause I think when you think about mindfulness a lot, everything is within. And so when I talk about like downloads, right, there's, there's a saying that, Prayer is talking to God, meditation is listening. And so we talk about noticing, right? And when I was talking about like pausing to write something down, like, yes, you can do that in your practice. Like have no shame in that if if you have, you know, if, you, if you're challenged with like attention deficit disorder or something else, right? Like write that thing down. But if you're able to remember, like when you're done with your practice, then write it down after. But so many things can come to you in a practice. And I also recognize, you know, for me and just the work that I do professionally, this is the power of writing things down. So for me, it was like, what would it be like to create something that actually adds value to somebody's life? Yeah. And also inspires them to go within and have and develop a daily practice. Yeah. And so like that idea kind of came back to me. I evolved it to thinking about if I was to do something like this, what are things that I would want to see? And or also just looking at, again, looking at the market and seeing what existed. I think the five minute journal is great. I think that there's a lot of great journals and, you know, gratitude journals and stuff like that that are out there that help people. Um, I didn't see anything that I think spoke to the creative community and that had a unique aesthetic. And so as you see, you know, if you get it, you'll see inside too, like just the design, you probably can't see it now, but the design is very, everything is intentional. And I think that it all starts with with that, whatever your intention is. As you mentioned earlier at the top of this, just talking about like a goal or an intention, setting that and even doing that within your practice, um, your mindfulness or your meditation practice. But I think for creatives, that's how you can actually bring a lot of things to life is, is in writing things down. You create a contract with yourself. Uh, when you're writing things down, right? It's all energy, it's all a vibration. So whatever starts in, in your brain and goes down from your brain down all the way to your neck, to your shoulder, and it comes out from your fingertips, the pen or the, the paper, um, and onto the pen or the paper, um, or from the pen or pencil onto the pen or onto the paper, 
right? It's it's all energy, it's all vibration. And I think you're creating a contract and accountability with yourself. So what is it like to not only have that, but then to cultivate a little bit of emotional intelligence to say, how, how am I right now? And to check in with yourself. These are things that it covers. And I think affirming yourself as well too. There's a lot of things that we see online that aren't positive. And so as I talk about continuing to go within, right? affirming yourself, what is an affirmation? What does that actually look like? How can that work for you? What are different benefits of that? Um, some people believe in that and some people don't, but you don't have to say, there's, there's different ways you can approach it that work for you. And then also just giving you time and place and space to reflect on yourself, reflect on your creativity, reflect on your challenges, right? That's everything that encompasses my daily vibe and really being able to support the creative community to to not only move forward and the things that they're working on that they're creating but also do the work every day and start you know i would hope that people use it at the beginning of their day that's what i encourage but if you find a time in your day that works best for you to use it um to continue to just go with it right to, to develop this practice right and you'll just be able to see uh, it's been out for a year so i'm actually gonna i'm gonna touch base with some people <laughs> You, you celebrated the anniversary recently, right? Yeah, a few weeks ago. It yeah. came out. On Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, thank that. you. Yeah, February 23rd, 2000. How, how can so one get their, their hands on this? You can go to mydailyvibe.co. Um, you can also look online if you just search My Daily Vibe 365 Journal. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's at a lot of uh, book resellers or retailers worldwide if you look online. But I think, you know, mydailyvibe.co, Amazon, Barnes & Noble are probably the easiest places to find it wherever yeah. you may be in the world. Yeah. Well, a couple of more questions from me. Um, and again, thank you so much for, for taking the time, Ian, to do this. Um, in the years of experience in Clubhouse, and like you said, you run a couple of sessions. There's a Monday one, there's a midweek catch-up. What are the most common themes that arise what what did you know in the in the years of hosting this and having so many hundreds of thousands of people take part in it you know where did the conversations where does it all lead back to you know what are the common themes that 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 crop up a lot of them come up but a lot of them all i'm also very presumptuous to know i think this shows up out of creativity mm -hmm. but in everyday life as a human stress and anxiety yeah. stress and anxiety, anxious about maybe some of the things that they have to do, forward thinking mm -hmm. too much into the future, right? Or stressing out and ruminating on things that happened in the past and not being able to bring yourself out of that frame of mind, to bring yourself out of that moment of suffering, to bring yourself out of that moment of challenge. Yeah. So those are the things that come up frequently. And also, Clubhouse is great because it's very, it's very, I, I wouldn't call it happenstance, but a lot of people get there and don't, you know, with just the, the, the notifications on the app or they'll just see something, mm -hmm. maybe they actually, you know, and I'd, I've been on there for a long time now, so I don't really know what happens if you're a new user. So maybe by, you know, based off of their interests that they select, maybe they automatically follow the clubs and they get the notifications or sometimes it's possible. But they'll certainly be suggested there. I don't know if they automatically follow because I wasn't automatically able to follow anyone, but 
you do get a lot of suggestions based on your preferences that you indicate at the beginning but um yeah a lot yeah. of people don't intentionally yeah. come to the rooms there, right. there is a, a, a core community of people that are there every monday every wednesday mm-hmm. but a lot of the times some people that will come up on stage or you know the, the format and how i mm-hmm. i facilitate the room provides an opportunity for for check-in for that emotional intelligence to really kind of get into like how how we are right now right yeah. i'm identifying that and so a lot of people just well, I, this came up somehow that's a lot of it that happens every every time or i'm new i, I i'm grateful to be here but that's good and, marketing for um, you then right your message and your your page is getting out there yeah and maybe yeah. someone hashtags when they search mindfulness perhaps and that yeah they you can search mindfulness you can just join the mind yeah, you type in yeah. if you're on clubhouse you type in the mindful creative i've, I've been yeah. simulcasting the to twitter spaces too and i have a, a you know a mm-hmm. bunch of other things on the horizon with the mindful creative as well too off of clubhouse i actually you're talking about some of your your uh your pivots and, and like things happening earlier and i'm, I'm also excited to share that mm-hmm. teamed up with this uh platform that really wanted to to help you know teachers I wouldn't look at myself as a coach specifically because, uh, you know, a friend of mine is certified as a coach and years ago I had her on my podcast and she was telling me of intricacies around, you know, nomenclature of coach. So, you know, I'm a consultant, I'm a teacher, if you will. Um, and, and they launched this app and reached out to me, you know, met them also through the clubhouse community. And so actually started the mindful creative app, um, which is off of clubhouse. I'm sure you'll have a link in this after the show. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. But that specifically, you know, came because I wanted to help the creative community further. So, you know, Mindful Mondays Midweek Reset is great to come to Clubhouse on and, and just dive into a practice really quick. Another thing that's common is people are like, oh, I just, I needed to just be calm today or I needed to just get away from what I was doing. Those are the things yeah. and the reasons that people come into into clubhouse and into the room so sure. that i hope that answers your question more no, directly, absolutely, is absolutely. the sort of themes and the things that come up with people being there um and the things that they're navigating through and but i love clubhouse because it's a place and space to be vulnerable as well so yeah those are those are the themes and the things that come up and you never know who can potentially give you a response or some feedback and it just so happens that sometimes someone has the perfect response just a random you know, question, but, you know, they're able, so we have the experts that give their advice, but there's also people amongst the, you know, the hundreds of people tuning in that could also, oh, well, that's relevant. I can contribute something significant here. And it's, um, it's a fascinating place for that. Yeah. So, you roll the dice every time you accept somebody. Yeah. Else, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like I said, you rolled the dice with me and, you know, fortunately we were able to have this conversation. So, yep. Like you mentioned, links will be in the description for not only how to get the book, but how do you access Clubhouse and how you can, you know, join Ian's groups, um, but also to your website, etc. But just to end end the podcast, and it's it's a question that we we like to end the the conversation with. But given your years of experience in life, in Clubhouse, in mindfulness, in helping others, whether you call it coaching or teaching or you know, whatever that may be, what matters most to you? Impacting somebody's life for the good. You know, it's, it's, it's my dedication of merit, the well-being of all, specifically creatives. 
Um, yeah, all I do, all I create is I do and I create with love and I do and I create for the creative community. So that those are the things that drive me. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel and I just let God and the universe work through me the best way I can. It, I definitely, as a teacher, I wanna let people know just because I, I have the certification, I'm a teacher. Don't think that I don't experience the same things that you experience. I think our humanity oftentimes gets suppressed because of the, we allow, because of the platforms that, and the pedestals that we put people on. And I, I think we allow that. And so we get upset when your favorite athlete, celebrity, whatever does X, Y, and Z. Why are you getting so upset because they're human? And so I just wanted to share that mindfulness is a consistent practice for me as well. I'm running a business. You know what I mean? Uh, there's things that I'm doing and working on and creating as well. I'm a creative as well. You know, I, I, I have people in my life that I love and care about as well that I interact with regularly, friends, family members, etc. So all the things that people that are stacked up against other people as well, I just want to let you know that as teachers, I experience this stuff too. I'm, I just happen to be trained to provide tangible ways to help you navigate through pain, challenges, or suffering to navigate through stress and anxiety. But that doesn't mean that I don't experience that as well, right? Um, I might experience it the same way that you do. And I might spiral down and, you know, decide to be petty. And I think everything is a choice too. So we have to, I think when I talk about attention, I think we also have to know that we have to make choices to do things. Everything starts with making a choice. So I experience the same things, um, but you know, going back to your question, is how can whatever it is I'm doing be of service, be of benefit to somebody else? How can I move with love? And that's that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why you see 528 hertz. It's the frequency of love. That's why I'm here. And it's not a uncommon response on this show. You know, with the kind of people, it just seems that. Once you reach a certain level, there's almost a an innate feeling to want to give back and want to help other people. And um, you know, the idea of the scientific fact that doing good feels good as well. You know, and and then the idea of this pursuit of happiness. You know, the you know if it can be done through helping others, then there, there could be no better way. Yeah, so, we don't even need to pursue yeah. happiness because it's already within us, right? That's even Absolutely. interesting because the guy that, that that movie is about, I went to college with his daughter and he actually spoke at my commencement. Oh, but really? happiness, yeah. yeah. So, so random and wild and interesting. Yeah. Happiness is within, joy is within. We make a choice for it. We choose to be angry, we choose to be mad. Like, we can just practice mindfulness without sitting and crossing our legs, or sitting on a chair or laying down. Yeah gardening you can go garden you can pay attention when you're taking a shower the suds that are scrubbing your body are you are you, are you present and john kabat-zinn another one of my favorite teachers 
you know, talks about that. Like, when you in your shower, are you taking your shower or are you in your first meeting? Yeah. Are you in your first activity? Are you doing yeah. whatever that's 10 hours from now? Where yeah. are you in tomorrow? Where are you at? So, yeah. But I, I think when I meant the pursuit of it is like, it's hard. You've lived your whole life conditioning yourself just to follow the thought. So when you are in your shower and the thought arises, it's like, yeah, okay, feel the shower and be in the shower. But at the same time, it's like, oh, but your old thought habits and patterns are just going to hijack that situation. And even though you, you went in the shower with all the intention to be present, enjoy the water. And it's like very quickly, you are in next week's meeting or you are in something, you know, in the future or dwelling on the past. So it, it is a like going to the, the metaphorical gym of it is a continual practice because yeah, because in every day and every moment, you're going to have choice to make a decision. Do you go with the thought or do you be present? And the more you practice, the the better you are in those moments, being able to to reinvite, you know, bring yourself back in into the present moment. And so, yeah. That's all it is. It's, it's just, it's resetting moment to moment. It's yeah. noting with an open heart, no judgment. And no judgment is a really, really big thing. Yes. I think that, you know, you cultivate compassion within yourself when you cannot judge yourself for things that you did or didn't do. So yeah. it's like, if you're practicing and your mind wanders off and you go down a rabbit hole about what's for breakfast or dinner or taking care of your kids or whatever, that's okay. Or the abuse you had as a yeah. kid or the, the violence you're suffering or insert anything regardless right. of how bad that initial thought is, you still actually have a lot of control as to how you respond versus how you react to it. Whereas the yeah, whole zombie mode, yeah, there is, wow. And for a lot of people that's so liberating because for most people, you know, they say one in five is, you know, clinically depressed. And, you know, there's so many stats of people that have constant stress and anxiety. And yeah, for, it's such a relief for so many people because it's like, maybe I don't suffer, you know, five hours a day. Maybe it's only four and a half. And then now it's only four hours. Yeah, I still suffer, but damn, in those few moments where I took a breath, I got a bit of respite. Oh, well then what if that snowballs? Well, okay, well the, the technique is there. Now I just need to just do it more and more and more. Yeah, and you can you just do literally it, the say this gain, is okay. Yeah, yeah when you meet it with an open heart, when you meet it with an open heart, when you meet it with that kindness, and you can even just tell yourself, like, it's okay that I just had this thought. Yeah. Just simply just start over, start over again. Exactly. It's really just continuing to start over and bring yourself into the now. Yeah. Just resetting moment to moment. You know, you can start in as little as doing it for a minute and then maybe go, you know, two minutes, three minutes, see how long you can do it, be present. But it's okay. You know, it, it, it requires practice. It requires practice. So wise words and on that note you know thank you so much again for um, for sharing your your insights and your experience and your wisdom and i'm excited about putting this together on the um on the podcast platform but like i said you know a couple of cool little videos where we we cut out some um some segments for the for the audience and you know i look forward to doing that yeah most definitely thank you so much for, for reaching out and having me i'm just super super grateful if you haven't already, please go get a copy of My Daily Vibe. You know, get a copy for yourself or gift a copy to somebody. Generosity is not transactional. 
generosity, you know, comes out of the love of your heart and, and wanting to serve. So if it moves you, get a copy of My Daily Vibe. I would definitely appreciate it or gift a copy. If you have it already, let me know how it's worked for you in the last year. Yeah. If you've had it for a year. So yeah, feel free to to reach out to me. However, I can be of service if you're a creative and you want to grow the business of your creativity or you want to develop a mindful practice and, and learn more about different strategies to be a better creative, definitely reach out. Awesome. And again, all links, details will be in the description of the podcast episode. All right, Ian, have a wonderful evening. What time is it where you're at now? Still afternoon for you, right? Two yeah, o'clock. it's afternoon. It's 2 o'clock. So, yeah, 7, so 7 p.m. here in London. I'm about to go and cook the kids some dinner. So, again, thank you so much for doing this, and I'll be in touch soon. All right. Well, you have a good day. Have a good day. Take care. Peace. All right. Thank you.